Welcome to a Locked On Crossover Edition. It's Locked On Senators. It's Locked On Rangers. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller, as always. And we're joined by one of our favorite recurring guests from the network. It's John Chick of Locked On Rangers. John, how are you doing today, my, my friend? I'm doing awesome, man. You know, we were just talking uh, right before we hit record there. You know, obviously it's still summer, but we were kind of joking around like, you know, we'll take some uh, some cold weather and uh, the hockey that comes along with it. We'll make that trade off and then definitely looking forward to some hockey here for sure. Yeah, I've had enough summer as Ross and I are wearing our uh, like Hawaiian shirts. We're, we're loving the summer, but uh, Sens hockey, it's time for Sens hockey. And uh, hey, the Rangers are an exciting team as well. John, I'll I'll tell you, and maybe you saw it. Rangers were my cup pick last year. I had uh, the Rangers winning it all. So I was uh, probably not as disappointed in you, but uh, my pocket was a little lighter as they did not uh, even make it out of the first round. Yeah, definitely kind of an anticlimactic uh, finish to the season there. You know, everything looked great after the first two games. You go on the road against the Devils, you win by a combined score of 10 to 2. And then everything just kind of came apart after that. It was just kind of hard to put your finger on exactly what went wrong. Uh, you know, the, the prevailing thought seems to be uh, a little too high on talent, maybe not enough grit. But, I mean, that, that feels like such a stereotypical thing to say. But I, I do think there was maybe at least some truth to that. And, um, you know, I guess you got to give some credit to the Devils as well, because obviously yeah. they fought back in that series. Uh, the Devils were almost like playing the role that the Rangers played two years before when, you know, both teams were kind of the out of nowhere, like underdog upstart team. Like, are these guys for real? Are these guys for real? And, um, yeah, it just, just didn't work out for the Rangers. But uh, an interesting offseason, I, I think, for the limited cap space they had. They did a nice job in free agency. And, yeah, like I said, man, you know, we, we're talking about it. But uh, I think, you know, you – you have a season that ends on kind of a sour note, just makes you look forward to the next season that much more. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. And December 5th, Ottawa will host the New York Rangers and then followed up in January. Am I seeing both these? This is, this is strange. They must, they must be pulling my leg here on NHR, both games in Ottawa. That makes no sense. Weird. Is there a third game? No, usually there's three games. Yeah, that's too bad, Ross. You usually like to get down to Ma- uh, Madison Square Garden to see the Sens play. It's a lot easier when I was living in Toronto. You could just hop on a flight, be there in an hour. But uh, but no, it's always exciting to see those games, man. I know that uh, it didn't finish the way you wanted to at MSG. I think both games were, were kind of different ways. It was uh, Derek Broussard's 1,000th game. Yeah. He had the two goals in March. Pilsy and I were in Cabo for that one, probably wearing these exact same shirts. <laughs> yeah, and then... I know you can appreciate this, though. How about that game where both our captains squared off at center ice? That was awesome. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, definitely a hard-hitting game there. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of been par for the course. I feel like Rangers and Senators games, like, you don't think of it as, like, a great rivalry. And, you know, obviously both teams have other teams that they're bigger rivals with. But, I mean, we've talked about that playoff series in the past. It, it feels like when these teams get together – tends to get a little nasty, a little chippy, a little scrappy, and uh, it's not really all that surprising when you see uh, some gloves get dropped. Yeah, and uh, the other game, uh, other than the Truba-Kachuk fight, we got to see Vladimir Tarasenko pull off an insane move. He does the Forsberg on the Sens as a part of the Rangers team, and as I was looking back on the highlights, that's one that stood out to me. I was like, oh, man, I remember that happening and being like, man, Tarasenko, what an addition to this Rangers team. But now, Ottawa Senators fans get to hopefully enjoy some of those goals with him wearing a Senators uniform. So, although his time in New York was limited, John, what can you tell us about what you saw from Tarasenko? 
Yeah, it's funny. Anytime, uh, you know, obviously we do these crossover episodes, whether it's all of us or anybody else on the on the network, whenever, you know, a player goes from one team to another, or there's a trade or anything along those lines. And uh, the thing I always say, like with these rental players that the Rangers have had and they go somewhere else, it's like, man, we were just getting to know this guy, you know, yeah. and now he's out the door. And uh, in this case, Tarasenko heads to Ottawa. Uh, overall, he did a nice job. I think he's exactly what the Rangers needed at the time. Uh, again, we were talking right before we hit record here about how, the Rangers, in my very humble opinion, over the last few years, uh, their biggest weakness has been right wing. Uh, you got Capo Caco there, which, I mean, you know, that's great and everything, and there's still some upside. And um, But when he's on the kid line, you know, he's usually on the third line right wing. And then you're filling out right wing with guys like, you know, Barkley Goodrow, Jimmy Vesey, solid players, but not guys you really see as top sixers. So they really needed somebody uh, that could come in. And, uh, you know, keep up with, um, you know, the top players in the Rangers as far as scoring was concerned. And, man, Vladimir Tarasenko, I mean, former cup champion. He's played in a whole yeah. bunch of playoff games. He's had some clutch moments in the playoffs. Uh, it felt like he was just what the doctor ordered. And uh, he certainly had his moments with the Rangers. But, you know, in that playoff series against the Devils, he was one of a lot of Rangers. They felt like never really, like, got it going. You know, mm -hmm. it, the first two games were great and everybody was on the score sheet. Um, and Tarasenko was honestly the least of the Rangers problems in that series, but, uh, yeah, well, just one of a lot of guys that never quite put his best foot forward. Um, but while he was here, man, he was awesome. I, I think one thing that really stands out and it's one of those things, you know, you're aware of it, but you appreciate it more when you see him playing on your team. And I think you yep. guys are going to see this too. That wrist shot of his man, it, it's unbelievable. Ooh. You know, it's, it, it's such a cliche to say like, oh yeah, blink and you miss it. No, literally if you blink. You might miss him scoring a goal. Like he'll he'll shoot before you think he's gonna shoot, and because his wrist shot is so lightning quick, you know, he'll get past the goalie before the goalie even knows what happened. So I, I think you're gonna enjoy that uh, overall. Yeah, I think Tarasenko was a great fit for the Rangers, um, as far as you know, uh, hockey, but also in the in the in the locker room as well. I, I think he fit right in from a culture standpoint, and uh, hopefully he does the same thing for you guys there with Ottawa. And he played exclusively right wing for you guys. Yeah, it was all right wing. Um, you know, the, the Rangers, it's honestly hard to even keep track of like all his different lines because, you know, Gerard Gallant, who, you know, I, I'm thankful for what he did here. He got this team obviously into the playoffs the last two years, the great run two years ago. But a common complaint with him, he just changes his lines so much that you can't even keep track of who's playing with who. Right. And, you know, so for a while, you know, you had Panarin, Mika, and Tarasenko, and that was a ton of fun, the three of them yeah. playing together. Um, there was a time where, uh, you know, it was Panarin and Trocek and Tarasenko. There was times where it was uh, Tarasenko up there with Kreider and Mika. I mean, again, it was very difficult to keep track of. But, um, yeah, again, he, he did a nice job for the Rangers. No complaints about anything that happened there. And I should correct myself. I didn't hit expand. They are playing at MSG April 15th, the second last game of the season. So three okay. games year, but spread out pretty far. They don't play until uh december and then once in january then not again until april but yeah everyone's excited about vladimir tarasenko and then just looking at the number he had more assists than goals which hasn't always been the case usually he's kind of 50 50 in that is is playmaking something that's underrated with his game i would say so yeah i mean for a while you know once they made the trades they bring over uh tarasenko as well as obviously patrick kane yep. uh you know tarasenko's passing stood out on the power play for me and you know, the, the power play for a little while was a little discombobulated because you bring in two right wingers, two superstar players, two guys that are used to being on the top line. And then eventually they dropped Kane down to the second unit. Um, but Tarasenko, man, he, he can definitely move the puck and um, just a great all around player. You know, there's there's um, 
you could look at him as more of a playmaker. You could look at him as a little bit more of a sniper. I mean, I tend to think of him, I guess, a little bit more as a playmaker, and then he's got that great shot to go along with it. But yeah, just a well-rounded player, good defensive player as well, and uh, somebody that, you know, if the centers, if they're going to make a push for the playoffs, you got to figure he's going to be one of the guys you know, leading the charge for you guys. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing that I kind of um, realize a little bit more about Tarasenko too is his size. Like usually when you think of a sniper, you think, you know, probably like decent size, but nothing too big where you look at his dimensions and him on the ice and uh, he's kind of a big guy. Like uh, I'm, I'm hoping that that can be a bit of a bonus as well. Is this something though, John, where, I mean, he played 31 games with the New York Rangers and had zero penalty minutes. Is he just Whoa. clean or would you like him to go into the dirty areas a little bit more? Um, I mean, when you get a stat like that, it's probably a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, you know, um, on one hand, the fact that he doesn't take, Penalties is obviously a good thing. He's not putting them uh, in a bad situation. Uh, by that same token, though, you know, I, it kind of reminds me of the Lady Bing trophy, which, like, it's a nice trophy to win and everything, and it's cool, but at the same time, it's like, maybe you want to be a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you want to be that much of a gentleman on the ice? You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know if Tarasenko has ever been in the running for that, but, um, yeah, you know, like like you said, I, I think it's a little bit of the two, uh, the two categories there. Um, you know, and that was a problem with the Rangers. There, it felt like, um, especially in the top six, there just weren't enough guys to go to the dirty parts of the rink, get in behind, you know, play behind the goal line, anything along those lines. Um, and I think that's why that series against the devils kind of got away from them a little bit. Just not enough guys, um, who are apt to, you know, get their, their nose dirty and just go into the dirty parts of the rink. And Tarasenko is included in that. Now, how big of a loss is it having Tarasenko and Kane not being able to come back? I mean, the Rangers are pretty cl close up to it with the cap here. And I, I think I saw uh, Alexis Lafreniere still not signed, still RFA. So was it kind of the mindset, hey, these guys are pure rentals. Let's see how it goes. Or do you think there was some idea that, hey, maybe we can keep one or both of these guys if things work out? Yeah, I mean, I always say when it comes to that kind of stuff, never say never. You know, you never know for sure what's going to happen. And I mean, look, if the Rangers wanted to keep Tarasenko badly enough, he could trade this guy, you could trade that guy. But then you're bending over backwards. And, you know, Tarasenko is getting into his 30s now. Uh, Igor Shosturkin's going to need a new contract in a yeah. couple of years. So I, I don't think you want to be locking yourself into a long-term deal with Tarasenko. And then, oh, no, we don't have enough to pay Igor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So never say never. And the fact that he ends up with a one-year deal, I, I think the fact that once it was looking like he was going to take a one-year deal, whether it was with the centers or anybody else, it kind of cracked open the door a little bit that maybe they could bring him back. Maybe you trade Barclay Goodrow to add a little bit of cap space. But, yeah, you know, for the most part, when they got Tarasenko, when they got Kane, I, I saw them mostly as rentals. And we'll see what happens with Patrick Kane. Obviously, he's yeah. not going to sign for a, a while, it would seem. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I again, you, you always have some hope and you keep your fingers crossed a little bit. But um, from the moment they trade for him, Right up until the second the Senators signed him, I, I figured it was probably uh, strictly a rental for, for the Rangers and Tarasenko. Well, I'd say it's a pretty good endorsement of Vladimir Tarasenko from our very own John Chick over at Locked On Rangers. Coming up next, we're going to get into the Senators as a whole and the Rangers as a whole. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's what we do best here on Locked On NHL Podcast Network. So with that, let's hit a quick break and get into the New York Rangers offseason and what to expect from them going forward. You're listening to Locked On Senators and Locked On Rangers. 
Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Guys, FanDuel is the trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Senators, and Locked On Rangers. And you can take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first amount in bonus bets, up to $200. So, $20 bet, you can land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. All on an app that's safe, secure, easy to use, and there's so many different options that you can bet on hockey, baseball, football, basketball, whatever it is. So go to fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On NHL. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senders alongside Brandon Piller. With us from Locked On New York Rangers, it is John Chick. John, over at FanDuel, our friends have Mika Zabanajad, hashtag sends abroad, yes. at over under 33 and a half goals, minus 113 Ooh. each. Which way are you going with Mika Zabanajad? That's a tough call, man. I'm, I'm going to say over, though. You know, Mika, he can really shoot it. And obviously, I think the Rangers, like they usually do, they're going to have, um, you know, one of the better power plays in the league. I think top 10 for sure, uh, maybe top five if, if things break the right way. But, uh, man, when the Rangers are on the power play alone, they tend to really feed uh, those one-timers to him and just let him bomb away. He'll score a bunch of goals like that. He'll score a bunch of goals, you know, just being Mika Zibanejad, the hardworking player that he is. Um, really a threat to score a variety of different types of goals, and I think he'll have good line mates like he always does. He's penciled into that top-line center role. He's the only guy that never really moves around the lineup. Uh, I will say over for Mika Zibanejad. Okay, we like that. Let's stick with the New York Rangers since we're on the topic of conversation. They were one of my favorite teams to watch all of last year. Of course, the high-end talent stands out on that team. We know the coach is different. How's that going to affect the way they play? Um, I'm thinking like with Peter Laviolette, you're going to see a situation where he doesn't really care as much as maybe some other coaches do about like your status and how much money you're making. It's funny because, uh, you know, years ago, I don't know if you guys, you ever watch a uh, road to the winter classic, you know, that kind of behind the scenes yep. NHL show. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Great show. Great show. And obviously like 10 or 12 years ago, whatever it was, uh, La Violette was coaching the flyers. So I got yep. to go back and watch some of that stuff and the behind the scenes things. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it feels like with him, he makes you earn your next shift. You know, you have to go out there and look at the fourth line. It's playing better than the first line. They're going to see an uptick in ice time. It's really just that simple. Um, so I, I think he'll bring that same kind of mindset to the New York Rangers. And, you know, the one thing I said about La Violette, I actually was talking about this with, uh, Gil Martin on Locked on NHL the other day. Nice. It's, um, yeah, it's a situation where he was kind of the safe pick. But I don't think that makes it a bad pick, if that makes any sense. You know, this is somebody that has had a lot of success, won a lot of games, taken three different teams to the finals. So it is a little bit on the safe side. But, um, you know, I, I think he's the kind of guy that can maybe light a fire under them and just kind of hold guys accountable. And uh, as I was just mentioning a second ago, make them earn every single shift uh, that they get during the course of a hockey game. Yeah, I, that's pretty good evaluation. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Rangers fare after an offseason with changing coach, changing a lot of players, uh, like we talked about those rental players coming out. Big changes for the Ottawa Senators too this offseason, John, as I'm sure you're aware of. But I, I love getting uh, other fan bases and other locked-on hosts' opinion on the Senators because obviously Ross and I have the rose-colored glasses on when it comes to them. Where, where do you kind of see them fitting into the Eastern Conference now uh, that apart from 
locking up some RFAs. Uh, most of the Senators' roster is pretty much decided here. And remember, John, your check's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think overall, you know, it's a team that over the last couple of seasons has started to move in the right direction. Obviously, you've got uh, Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla kind of leading the way, both coming into their own. And, I mean, what a what a great move by the Senators getting Stutzla signed to an extension, yeah. you know, right before his massive breakout season. And yeah, $8.35 million is a lot, but guy was the number three pick in the draft. Um, just had a phenomenal season. It looks like he's going to be worth just about every penny of that. Um, and then obviously, you know, Claude Giroux coming home this past year. And um, I actually did have one yeah. last question for you guys about Tarasenko, if I may, because, yeah. um, you know, obviously he gets the one-year deal. I kind of got some Taylor Hall one-year deal to the Buffalo mm -hmm. Sabres vibes from this whole thing where it was kind of like, you know, Tarasenko, I, I don't know, maybe he saw a situation where like, okay, I'm not going to get the multi-year deal that I want. So I'll just sign a one-year deal with some team and then I'll either get traded at the deadline or may move on in free agency. Like, is Tarasenko, like, is this a situation where you think he could be here for the long term? Like, if, if they play well this season, maybe get into the playoffs, do they talk him into sticking around? Or is, is there some fear that, you know, you're just going to have to move him at the deadline and or lose him in free agency uh, after the season ends? Well, I think the Senators have been in a position over the last number of years where they don't really attract free agents. Now, you could say that's changed a little bit with Claude Giroux and then Jonas Corposalo signing a five-year deal and now getting Tarasenko in the mix. But I see it as almost a win-win, right? You can regroup after this year and see what's what. Ottawa has over $5 million in dead money right now. That's all coming off the books after this year. Now, maybe you reallocate all of that to Jake Sanderson – but if the cap does go up at the same time, then everybody can get their cookies. Right now, it just feels like a win-win because you're going to have a motivated Tarasenko. And if he prices himself out of Ottawa, that means that he's pushing this team to get to the next level. And if he doesn't, or maybe the fit doesn't work, then you can always move on at the trade deadline and, and get something for him, I believe. I don't well, think he'll give it up for nothing. Well, he does have a no-trade clause. Uh, well, so he's, if the Sens aren't in the mix and he wants to go, I don't know if he's going to hold up a trade. All I'm saying is he has that in place. He, oh. he has that ability. And uh, it's funny you mentioned the Taylor Hall uh, to Buffalo scenario because I've referenced that a bunch of times. I do feel like that's kind of the situation here. He's looking at an Ottawa Senators team and that has open spots for a sniper now that Alex Debrinkat has left. And I think it's going to work out great one year term for both. I don't anticipate uh, he ends up staying here long. I think this is a a stepping stone spot for him. But like Ross mentioned, if he's able to help this team have success this year, that's fine. And I think it's probably more likely to send a look to lock up uh, a guy like Kubalik more long-term uh, maybe than Tarasenko. Yeah. With the age factor coming into play yeah. there, not that 31 is old by any stretch of the imagination, but um, no, I do see that as a, a distinct possibility, but if he comes in here as a hired gun, that's that's I think the fans are are kind of I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of 91 Tarasenko jerseys in the crowd. <laughs> uh, a lot of people maybe got burned getting the Debrinket jerseys yeah. a little too early. Um, that was a quick in and out. But um, no, but in, in terms of how this team's going to click, they were one forward short in the top six. They got back, I would say, a good top nine forward in Kubalik in the Debrinket trade. But now if you look at that because you get them for free or the cap space that's left over now, if it's Debrinket. For Tarasenko, Kubalik, a prospect, a first yeah. and a fourth, 
now you're like, okay, how did they make out? I think probably break even is, is a fair way to, to see that. So I think it's just a, a whole lot of excitement. And we keep saying on our show, John, that this season matters. There's no excuses. It's been six straight years without playoffs in Ottawa. So if you have to give up the possibility of losing a guy after because he helped you reach that goal, then I think you're still in a good problem because they haven't been in that position in way too long. Like, they yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. It's, um, you know, th- this is a sport in a league where you just don't want to be going seven years without making the playoffs because, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's, there's, first of all, half the teams get in, but there's also, there, there's so much like overturn year to year. And obviously, teams, you know, rebuilding in the NHL is almost inevitable. I mean, a couple of teams maybe can avoid it longer than others, but sooner or later, man, like players age out and you have to tear everything down and just start over. The salary cap's tight and, um, you know, again, there's a lot of parody in this league. I mean, that's so cliche, but it's true. So yeah, man, I, I think, you know, the centers, I like this move for them, man, because like you were yeah. saying, uh, I think the fan base deserves it and they need something to get excited about. And I think, you know, playoff hockey will do that. And, uh, I'll say this, uh, you know, from now until the end of time, if you get into the playoffs, you have a chance. We've seen yeah. teams that are like the last team or two in the playoffs. Florida. Yeah. Florida, this, yeah, yeah, Florida, they were the last team in, they make it to the finals. Um, you know, uh, the, the Kings, the one year they were the eight seed when they won the, the, the cup, um, even when the Rangers won it in 94, they played the Canucks who were like a 500 team. They were the seven seed. Um, the Oilers one year made it as an eight seed. I mean, the list goes the Canadians a few years ago. So get in, man, just take your chances. And, uh, I think that, you know, the, the center's fan base would, would be really into that. I think it would be, uh, some must see playoff games once they're back home in Ottawa. I'm going to blow your mind with the statistic right after a quick break. You're listening to a crossover edition of Locked On Senators and Locked On New York Rangers. All right, welcome back. It's Locked On Senators, Locked On Rangers. John, the last time the Sens made the playoffs, they beat the New York Rangers. That's the last series they won. Yeah. And the goalie's in the Hall of Fame now. (laughs) (laughs) I did not think of it like that, but yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And then, um, man, what a rough situation that was because then obviously the centers beat the Rangers and I'm like, well, now they're playing the Penguins. I have to root for the team <laughs> that just beat my team. And then it was even worse for you guys because we know what happened after that game seven in overtime, but double yeah, overtime oh. or double overtime. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, don't yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was, uh, it was a rough time and it's crazy because I think the only Ranger remaining on their team since then is Chris Kreider because that's right before, I don't know. Mika was there. That was his first year with the Rangers that year. But that that was right before they went like full on rebuild. So yeah. Yeah. True. eh? I forgot that was kind of the last hurrah with like the Girardi McDonough, all all those kind of vets, but but you're able to turn over things a little bit easier when you can go from Henrik Lundqvist, Igor Shosturkin. Like how much fun is it watching him in goal? Like you don't go into any game thinking you can't win. Right. No, that that's the, that's the best way you can put it. You you never feel like you're at a disadvantage when it comes to the goalie position. There might be a couple of guys in the league who are, you know, close to Igor, and I'm sure there's some fans of some other teams that'll say, "Oh, this guy's better than Igor or that guy." You know what? It's fine. It's cool to have those debates and everything, but right now, I do think Igor Shesterkin's the best. Obviously, um I'm going to be a little bit Ranger bias here. There's some other great goalies in this league, but man, if I if I'm a GM in this league and I could just push a button and have any goalie, give me Igor Shesterkin all day right now. And, um, you know, I actually want to ask you guys, because before I forget about this, uh, Corpy Salo, obviously you guys signed him. Uh, I believe it was five years, $20 million total. Yep. Right. So, um, you know, somebody who has had like a, a solid career, but not like stellar numbers. He, he did well with the Kings last season when he spent the half season there, but just want to get your guys thoughts on that, because obviously you guys have been looking for 
uh, goalie for some time here. You know, somebody that can maybe be the franchise goalie. Uh, is he this guy? And how did you feel about the move? I think there's pros and cons to this move. Um, like Corpusalo is a guy Pierre Dorian told us on our show that they had been targeting for longer than just this free agency. They tried to get him when he was in Columbus the year before even. So they like this guy. He's been on their radar for a while. And now that he's hit the unrestricted free agency, Dorian didn't waste any time getting him signed to a deal. Now, five years for a 29-year-old goalie that um, hasn't necessarily been a star or consistent, it, there's definitely some risk involved. But when you sign free agents, especially these days, you got to expect to give a, probably a year longer than you want and a little bit more money than you want to get them to have your offer as the best offer. But I really do think that, look, a lot of those years he was in Columbus has a bad, bad hockey team. And uh, the Senators weren't much better than the Columbus Blue Jackets throughout that stretch. But now the Ottawa Senators have a much more complete decor. They have a better offense. And I think Corpusalo as a 1A type goalie with Anton Forsberg as a 1B type goalie can have a lot of success. And to sweeten things, the Senators love having guys that are uh, have friendships and have connections. Those two won a Calder Cup together in uh, AHL with the Cleveland Monsters back in Columbus program a few years ago. So they're familiar with each other as well. So I think of all the options, it was the right move to make. And uh, I'm confident that as a tandem, Forsberg and Corpusal can have the success the Sens need. Funny enough, they won a Calder Cup together with the Cleveland Monsters, Columbus's farm team back in, I think, 2016. So uh, I think that's a big part of it, of him wanting to come here, is to reunite with Anton Forsberg. So I think it's it's not going to be a situation where he's playing Shesterkin-type games. I yeah. think it'll be like a uh, you know 50-32 split, that sort of thing. I, ideally, maybe even like 45, not a math guy, whatever the rest is after 45. <laughs> um, I, I think you're, you're looking at something where uh, the Senators have taken two big swings the last three years. Matt Murray did not work. Cam Talbot did not work. Now, I think you can make a fair argument that availability was a big part of it for both of them. Neither could stay healthy for long enough stretches. And now you're bringing in a guy who is, I mean, coming off his best season, bar none. He was great in Columbus, and they sucked. And then he went to L.A., and he was great there, and they're unbelievable. So he was able to kind of see it all in, in terms of the defensive structure around him. So I'm interested to see how he fits in. Because Ottawa, I mean, it's one of those where maybe Rangers fans could fall into this trap sometimes where um, you don't know how important goaltending is until you don't have it, right? You just expect. And over the years, you have there. And with Ottawa, they, they had Craig Anderson for a decade. And it was always like, okay. He has his little ups and downs. Every goal he does. But for the most part, you knew that he was going to come in and give your team a chance to win every game. And now we've seen it over the last number of years. Ottawa used seven goalies last year. Like, it's yeah. it was ridiculous That's how insane. many goalies were, were in net. So they, they were relying on, on a lot of youth and a lot of inexperience. And it caught up with them late in the season. So uh, hopefully this veteran presence coming in is, is kind of all you can ask for. And, yeah, I'm just excited to see him at training camp because it obviously um, – it's been a while since we've had kind of that excitement. Um, maybe that maybe can't tell it a little bit, but I think a lot of people knew that he was just kind of a stopgap in, in between. So no, we're excited for that. Now the question I want to ask you here, and this is my final question. I'm, I'm excited to know the answer here. If you could steal one Ottawa senators player and put them on the Rangers cat cat be damned. Just the player themselves. Who are you taking? 
Uh, well, I think I would probably have to go with Tim Stutzla just when you figure that, you know, as young as he is, and we're saying no salary cap here, right? Money is not an object. All right. So yeah, I think I'd have to go Stutzla. I mean, Kachuk is obviously tempting. And uh, I mean, Jake Sanderson, if you want to go the uh, the defenseman route, obviously I think he's going to have a great career as well. But I mean, when you look at where Stutzla already is, uh, the fact that he's a center and centers are always kind of in, in high demand and, you know, um, Teams always want to be a little bit deeper there. Rangers have good centers, but, um, you know, if you had Stutzley, you could maybe move Heedle to the wing. Um, yeah, man, the fact that he's 21 and already putting up the kind of numbers that he already is, uh, I think I'd probably have to go with Stutzel off the top of my head. How about you guys with the Rangers, though? I, I, I might as well ask the other way around. Oh, we'll get to that, but I think yeah, Bill yeah. and I had the discussion there when Scott Wheeler did his redraft in the Athletic and he had Stutzel at one and, and Sanderson at two. We both said, that the Rangers have a Stanley Cup if they took Stutzla first overall. Wow, that gives me a lot to think about. That's pretty wild. But on an um, entry level contract, they made the conference finals without him. Yeah, that's true. Although the kid line was nice in that run, man. Don't sell them short either. They they had a nice little run for the Rangers there, and I uh, really gave them a boost in the playoffs two years ago. weren't really able to replicate it, obviously, this past year. But yeah, man, the, the kid line was a, was a lot of fun two years ago in that playoff run for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So you you just nailed one, two, and three in our organizational value rankings. We have Brady a little bit ahead just because the way that I broke it down on the show every time, it's like Stutzel will, will do something on the ice that's like, oh, my God, he's the best player on the team. And then the next shift, Brady will either run someone through the boards or make an mm-hmm. unbelievable play. It's like, oh, no, 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 that's why. And we almost feel like Stutzel wouldn't be the player he is without Brady being able to kind of – carry the weight of, of, you know, the down low board battles and, you know, the physically imposing. There's a great gift from his rookie season where uh, Stutzler got hit and Brady went and fought and, and beat the living daylights out of a guy. And Brady's sitting in the box, you know, like no upper body gear on. And Stutzler is just circling around laughing, just kind of like looking <laughs> at Brady like, like are, you, are you serious? You, you can do that? So uh, it, it's kind of a toss up, but uh, I'll let Pilsy go first here on which Ranger that he'd want to be on Ottawa the most. Yeah. This is a hard answer because I, admittedly, I love the New York Rangers roster. There's so many good pieces, and I, Tyler I, I went with yeah, I went with three different guys, and each time I was like, oh, it's got to be this guy. I was like, what about this guy? What about this guy? But we are a hashtag goalie friendly show, and Igor Shosturkin. Like, sure, there's the Vasilevskis, there's the Hellebucks, but like, he is among the tip top tier of goalies in the NHL. Like, there's. Like yeah, the tip top tier, like the very pinnacle that you can get. And uh, I, I'll leave, I'll leave the rest for Ross because there's some other good answers. But I mean, if if you put Shesterkin on the sense, whew, I'm like I'm liking uh, the odds a lot more. That's for sure. Yeah. So going into this season, last season, I would have said Adam Fox, like without yeah, that. Yeah. But now that right. Chickren's in the mix, it's like I just think the Sens have bigger needs than a top four defenseman. Mm-hmm. Although Adam Fox is ridiculous. He's so <laughs> yeah. that's, like a, that's a tip-top number one defenseman, Ross. Right. But yeah. just looking at kind of the way the Sens shake up, like wouldn't a second like guaranteed left wing be be the guy you need? I'm going with Chris Kreider. Like, I, I just think man, what he would bring with Brady is a one-two punch. Like if you're a right shot defenseman and all night you have Brady and Chris Kreider for checking on you, like this guy's only a year removed from scoring 50. Like a part of me obviously wants to go Panarin. Yeah. Part of me wants to go Mika Zibanejad, but I think Ottawa's set down the middle. 
I think just Chris Kreider brings all, right. all of what, what the Senators love. And, like, I bet you if DJ Smith were to pick a forward off of the Rangers, it would be Chris Kreider, for better or worse. Maybe that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, with, with Kreider, you know, it's one of those things. He's battled some inconsistencies throughout his career. But, I mean, he really is a heck of a player. And he's obviously oh, yeah. been with the Rangers for a really long time. And it's not hyperbole to say, man, when, when he's at his absolute best, like, he is legitimately one of the best players in the NHL. Like, he can carry you offensively for a handful of games. By that same token, he's gotten a little bit better with this over the last couple of years. By that same token, there's times where he can disappear a little bit on you, and yeah. you won't even notice him for like five or six games at a time. Um, like I said, he's improved his consistency. I mean, obviously, he just scored 52 goals two seasons yeah. ago. Um, well, 36 last year. He's got 88 goals in his last 160 No, it's, it's wild, man. And on the power play, like, with, with all due respect to the other great net front presences in this league, um, I, I think he's right up there. If he's not the best, he's certainly one of the very best. Like, when he's when the Rangers are on the power play and he sets up shop in the crease, there's not much you can do. Like, you can't knock him out of there. You can't knock him off balance. And with those redirections in front of the goalie, absolutely lethal. And when, when he is firing on all cylinders, you know, he, he's a great four-checker as well. And there's times where he, he kind of falls away from that part of his game. But uh, for the most part, yeah, just, just a really good all-around player. And he killed penalties too, you know, good defensive forward as well. So he, he really is kind of, you, know, um, you know, one of those players that gives you a little bit of everything. And I should be clear, this is for one season. Obviously, at 31, there's probably some guys you go to a little younger, the Adam Foxes of the right. world and others. And, and a guy who needs to be mentioned, too, is a guy who we wanted the Senators to draft mm. so badly. Pilsy knows where I'm going with this. Ottawa trades back and gives you guys the opportunity to get Keandre Miller. How much yep. fun is he to watch on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, Miller's awesome, man. He just he was an RFA this offseason, too. And, uh, you know, obviously, he signs the extension. He's going to be around for at least another two seasons here. Uh, barring anything unexpected. But yeah, man, I mean, it, it's funny because that was the year the Rangers had three first round picks that year. The first one was Vitaly Kraftsoff, and, and the less said about him, the better. The second was Keandre Miller. So they got that one right. And the third was Nils Lundqvist, and they just traded him to the stars. And um, he could still end up having a nice career, but even they were healthy scratching him down the stretch a little bit last season. And I think maybe even in the playoffs as well. Um, so basically the Rangers went one for three, which is solid in baseball. But when it comes to an NHL draft, not really so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, to me, he, he's, and I was talking about this on my show. He has a chance to be one of the bigger Ranger, you know, homegrown success stories that we've seen in a while. Obviously, Igor's going to be there. He's going to be number one for a while in that department. But yeah, man, I mean, you look at, you know, first round picks for the Rangers. I mean, Lafreniere and Kako, if they reach their full potential, they'll be in the mix too. If you want to go back as far as like Chris Kreider, obviously that was a great pick too all those years ago. But yeah, man, Keandre Miller, he's making it happen right here, right now only three years into his NHL career and already a heck of a player. And uh, looking forward to what he, what he can do this upcoming season as well. Awesome. John, always appreciate your insight, man. This has been great. And, and I've already got December 6th circled on the calendar. We'll have to plan for something before that, you know, get a lay of the land. You guys will be what 30, 25 games in the season. Ottawa will just be coming back from a, about a week off after they come back, they've got to go to Sweden and play a couple of games. So we'll regroup after the Sweden trip and, uh, hopefully November doesn't kill Ottawa for a third straight yeah. season. And hopefully we get some great head to head matchups. Cause like you said, off the top, there's been some great iconic games played between these two teams over the years. So I'm excited for the next one. Yeah. Same here. And uh, yeah, whatever you guys want to do pre-show post-show, uh, however you want to play it. I'm, I'm all for it. Heck yeah. Nice. We will line that up for John right. and Brandon pillar. I'm Ross Levitan for a special crossover edition of locked on senators and locked on Rangers.